0: It was in the year 1884 when Darbar began its operations as an Ayurvedic medicines company in Calcutta. Its founder, Dr. S.K. Barman, formulated natural cures for diseases like cholera, malaria and the plague. More than 100 years later now, it is the largest Ayurvedic and natural healthcare company in the world, with a revenue of more than $1.2 billion. Over the years, the company has evolved into an FMCG brand that sells a range of products from its regular Ayurvedic offerings to toothpaste, juices, and a lot more. And now it is looking to expand even further. Dabur is hunting for acquisitions both at home and specifically in Southeast Asia. In fact, it has already started off on that path. Last year in October, it made the headlines when it acquired a 51% stake in Baja Masala, one of the leading spice brands in the country. 60% of FMCG is food and the food sector is very, at a very fast pace becoming branded. As rural India becomes more urban, the unbranded market will become more branded as a disposable income. That was the CEO of Dabur, Mohit Malhotra, talking about the acquisition in an interview with Brand Equity. Now, this is just one part of what seems like Dabur's larger strategy. And what is that? Reinventing Ayurved for a new brand of customers. But why is Dabur changing its identity from being a brand that sells Ayurvedic medicines to one that sells a lifestyle that covers food, personal care, and everything in between? And how does it do that? Welcome to Daybreak, a new podcast from the Ken. I'm your host, Nigda Sharma, and I don't chase the news cycle. Instead, thrice a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Today is Wednesday, the 15th of February. A newsletter on Dabur, the Ken's Ruhi Kandahari spoke to some executives from the company. And one of them made a great point. The company's new avatar, compared to its old identity as a prescription Ayurvedic medicine brand, is turning out to be a lot closer to the real meaning of Ayurved. Ayurved is now in fact being portrayed as a lifestyle. And Dabur is making a foray into new categories like kitchen essentials. This includes wheat flour, tea and edible oils, and now of course spices with the acquisition of Bacha masala. So very strategically, the brand is trying to connect every consumer good with the ideas of pure or herbal or goodness. Not just that, it is making the most of its gigantic distribution network across the country for these new products. And the focus is not just on new offerings. The brand is also taking its old products that are based on Ayurveda and selling them with a new story. The packaging is now more glamorous. It is using newer mediums to sell these products like e-commerce. A fresh narrative is being created. One that helps Dabur retain its old customers while still appealing to the new ones. But the question that still remains unanswered is this. Dabur is a trusted world leader in the Ayurved sector. What pushed it to do all of this? To find out, stay tuned. Essentially, there were three key developments that pushed Dabur to seriously focus on building a new narrative, one that suits the changing times. The reason number one came in the form of the Haridwar-based Patanjali back in 2006. In a span of 10 years, Baba Ramdev's Patanjali collected more than a billion dollars in annual sales. Recently, it crossed over $3.5 billion. Like Ruhi said in her newsletter, this was a rival that appeared out of the blue and it quickly became one that had to be taken seriously. To give you perspective, let us look at Patanjali Ayurved's annual revenue. For comparison, India's largest FMCG company, Hindustan Unilever, has an annual turnover of about $6 billion. It was not just Dabur. The rise of Patanjali was a moment of reckoning for all Indian FMCG companies. But obviously more for Dabur, whose brand story also revolves mainly around Ayurveda. The second reason that pushed Dabur to rework its brand personality was the pandemic. Initially, when vaccines were still being developed, people were desperate. It was around that time when suddenly there was a demand for traditional Indian medicines and recipes. People were basically looking for all kinds of plant and herb-based items that could improve immunity and overall health without any side effects. Kapiwa, an Ayurvedic D2C brand, conducted a survey last year which found that awareness and adoption of Ayurvedic brands has almost doubled in the pandemic's aftermath. According to the survey, four out of five people believe that COVID has increased their willingness to embrace Ayurveda. They believe that an easy-to-use format that can fit in their daily lifestyle will increase the usage of Ayurvedic products in life. In fact, close to 90% people believe that Ayurveda has no side effects. For Dabur, this was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that had to be utilized. And finally, the third reason that made Dabur rethink its brand identity. I don't know if you've noticed, but lately, there are a considerable number of new startups and brands that have come up. They sell products based on traditional ingredients. All their messaging is around purity, nature, and Ayurveda. For example, there's Mama Earth in personal care, and then there's Kapiva in the beverages segment. All of these have been seeing some success in the younger customers. The wellness market in India is valued at a staggering $6 billion and it is only growing. Pretty fast, actually. The Darbar executive who spoke to Ruhi said that everyone, old and new, was silently eating into the market share of Darbar's popular brands. And as it turns out, what the new audience wanted from Darbar was pretty clear. They needed both convenience and some tradition. So the executive said that Dabur decided to be proactive with its storytelling to millennials and Gen Z. Coming up next, I tell you about Dabur's new narrative. Now you understand why Dabur is going beyond its home turf. For example, India's edible oil business was recorded at $23 billion as far back as 2014. The premium tea market, meanwhile, is worth $677 million. The Ayurvedic medicine market is somewhere about $8 billion. So every new market category that Dhabar enters, like dairy, diapers, staple food, opens up a new growth opportunity for it even if it may not be able to dominate that segment. Finally, Dabur seems to have accepted that some brand stories, some channels and some markets are going to work in the future, while others may not. Dabur's strategy is called Power Brands. In its efforts to retell a new brand story, it is basically letting some of its other brands be, even if they shrink. The company is essentially choosing to put some of its brands on the back burner even if they don't find a fit or don't show promise, like Promise Toothpaste. In July last year, for example, the company announced that its four top brands were Dabur Amla, Dabur Vatika, Dabur Red Paste and Real Juices. Each of these brands have an annual turnover of $121 million. And Dabur wants to focus on nine such power brands out of the over 250 products on its portfolio. It does not matter if this means that one of its main brands that is actually closely linked to its past and traditional Ayurveda, like for example Chavan Prash, makes just around half of the turnover as four of its most popular brands. Dabur is okay with that. Like Ruhi said, Dabur is getting ready for a different future, and it is willing to let go of some parts of its legacy and embrace others to get there. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of The Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings, a full subscription Unlock's daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to Ken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv C N.